I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman, and I'm coming at you every single week with different guest experts who are going to talk about different, very important elements of branding, especially personal branding. Today's is very important, a very important component of branding. It's all about finding your remarkability. So many people feel like there's nothing special about them, and that runs counter to the whole premise of putting your brand out there in a bigger, bolder way. So today we are talking to Rich Brooks, a.k.a. The Rich Brooks. He is the founder of Flight New Media, which is an agency, a digital marketing agency. And he also runs the Agents of Change podcast and annual summit. So without any further ado, let's bring Rich on. Hello, Rich. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Christine. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, when I saw you talk about remarkability at Social Media Week Lima this year, I'm like, okay, well, that exactly needs to go on my show. Because as I said in the intro, one thing that really gets in people's way and really is like the number one stumbling block that I come across with clients is they can't answer the question of why you. You know, they they don't really think there's anything special about them. And it really trips them up with everything that has to come after. So um, what are some ways that you meet that resistance initially when talking to someone and helping tease out what is special about themselves, their product, their service, whatever they've got going on? Right. So uh, one thing might be, this may be, some of this is remarkability for me. Some of this may be imposter syndrome. You know, I know almost all of us suffer from the thought that we're not good enough. We're not interesting enough. We're not smart, strong, funny enough, whatever it is. And that is just something, it's a mindset thing. You have to come, you have to get over that. But I've been doing this for 25 years, working with businesses in all different industries. And one of the things that has kind of come out of this work is you need to stand out. And you need to figure out what makes you, I love the word remarkability. I think it's a word that resonates with a lot of people. Everybody wants to be uh, remarkable, but that word can seem intimidating. Like what's remarkable about me? So when I'm working with, you know, whether it's a a full on brand or a company or just an individual, I will often talk to them about what I've come to call the remarkability formula, which has four lenses um, and all different ways in which you can view yourself, your business, um, your company, what have you, and find out what really helps you stand out, what makes you unique in the marketplace. So here's the thing. If everyone's unique... I mean, you see the Listen, I've seen The Incredibles. Right. I've seen The Incredibles (laughs) movie. I know. I know the whole thing. But the bottom line is I'm not saying um, remarkable has to be the biggest, the best, or any – it's about being different. It's about when you you go through this work, 
what I've discovered is you start attracting the right types of clients while pushing away the wrong type of clients. We've all had the wrong type of clients. If we've been in business for five minutes, we've all know that we've had the wrong type of clients over the years. Um, it also helps you build really high barriers to competition, You know, ways in which people won't want to uh, go after you head to head. They'd, they'd rather find their own remarkability. And also, once you figure this out, it becomes a lot easier and more effective for your marketing because you're not going to be trying to convince people against their will to use you. You're just going to be promoting, identifying, naming, and promoting what makes you stand out from the crowd, what makes you worth remarking upon, or what makes you remarkable. Now, people are so scared of that part that you mentioned about turning off the wrong people and about yeah. just putting what you have out there and hoping that, that the right people align with it. So um, is actually identifying the wrong people part of the process here? I think it's less about identifying some of the wrong people, although that will become a skill if you've been in this business a long, a long enough, as long as I have for sure. Uh, but I think it's more about really honing in on who you want to serve and what makes you stand out to that audience. So, you know, as I take people through the four lenses, which I'll, I'll just mention here, uh, they're find, focus, forge, and fashion. Find is there's already something remarkable about your business. You just need to identify and name it. Focus is about niching down, and that's really where you start to figure out who you're best able to serve. A forge is where you create something extrinsic to your main offerings, but still keeping in line with your mission, vision, and values. And then frame is all about repositioning your offerings in a new and powerful way. So when you're thinking about um, how do I stand out, or in your question being about like pushing away the wrong people, when you start to figure out what you're best at. And when you start niching down to serve a smaller audience, you're going to start putting out some different types of messaging and communications that's going to help attract the right kind of people. But that same message will hopefully push the wrong people away. And this can be done through a number of different ways. You know, one way that you can stand out is through price. Now, price, just lowering your price is not remarkable. So that's not what I'm recommending here. What I'm recommending is going to the extremes. Maybe you could be the most expensive person out there. Maybe you could be the least expensive person out there, but that's going to attract a certain audience. If you want to be doing deeper work with fewer clients, then chances are you're going to have to be more expensive. Only a few people are going to be able to afford you. If you want to be able to work with a wide variety of nonprofits, then you're going to need to probably lower your price and just you know make your money through bulk. So pricing is just one aspect of how you might be remarkable, how you might stand out. But other things, you know, an example of this is Ben and Jerry's ice cream, right? So Ben and Jerry's comes up with this flavor uh, filled with uh, all these all these different ingredients, including pecans, and they call it um, pecan resist. And they market this, and they tell everybody as they're marketing it that a hundred thousand dollars of the profits are going to go to these four progressive organizations. If you know anything about Ben and Jerry's, they're a very left leaning company, and they. Um, they really did not like our former president. So they basically did this almost to say, you know, we can resist, P can resist. They put this out there in the marketplace. They knew that their loyal customers and the left-leaning loyal customers were all going to gravitate for, to this. Even if they weren't fans of the brand, they were going to love this idea. But they also knew that there were going to be a lot of people who were put off by this idea, and they certainly were. There were people who said, I'll never, you know, do Ben & Jerry's again. It's the same thing when Nike got behind um, 
Kaepernick. So there's these things that we can do in the marketplace that will help identify who we are. And people tend to want to work with people with similar values, whatever those may be. And they're going to be more attracted to us. At the same time, by putting that message out, we may push some other people away. But as long as we're okay with that, that works out great. Yeah, Penzi's Spices did something similar. And I think it's been incredible for their business because they've just said, you know what, this is what this is our point of difference. Um, right. I want to go back to something you said about pricing. Um, to your point, you can put yourself out there as the premium option. But again, getting back into those those confidence issues and the idea of finding your remarkability and truly, truly owning it, you know, just putting a high price tag on your services won't necessarily get people in there for them. So how can you make sure that you're, you're really leading the way with remarkability? Yeah, I would not recommend raising your prices to become the most expensive person out there unless you have a track record already of incredible results. Because otherwise, you're right, no one is going to be attracted to that price point if you've got no proof in this. In fact, anything you do to become more remarkable could have good or bad business outcomes. The idea is to go to the edge, but you also have to, you know, it has to make sense for you. And you can be remarkable and still have mid-range pricing. So it's not really about that. But for example, like if you wanted to do work in a certain area, maybe you were very passionate about it, by focusing on those type of clientele and building up expertise there, raising your prices actually comes from a certain amount of expertise, but also it shows a certain level of exclusivity. If you're worried about it, that may not be your first step forward. Maybe there's something else in how you deliver products or, 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 or the people in your office or any of these sort of things. So there's a lot of things that might already exist that would be differentiators. So just, you know, thinking out loud here as we, um, uh, it, it may be that there's somebody in your office who is a thought leader or you are a thought leader. That in of itself could be one of your differentiators. I'm not saying it's going to be the only thing. Uh, another thing you could do is in that idea of niching down is you could decide that you're going to serve only one type of clientele. Maybe you're only going to serve women who are in leadership positions, who are going to basically have hit the glass uh, ceiling and are looking to break out on their own because they've gone as far as they can go in the corporate world. So you could become known for that. Now you start working with that clientele, which would tend to have more money than maybe an average person. You can start to charge more, but again, you're still going to want to build up your reputation a little bit before you start charging those prices. Uh, you could also like another example is just locally. I had, when I moved into my new home, I was looking for oil delivery services. I looked and I found the cheapest person out there. And it turns out that I was one block away from their delivery service, their radius. I called up, I asked if they would make an exception, and they gently said no. And part of it is, is because they know they can keep their prices down by serving that smaller community. Even though I'm just one block out, and maybe in this one case, they'd make a little bit more money, this is their virtual line in the sand that they've drawn, and they're sticking to it. I respected it. I was a bummed, but I respected their business decision, and this helps them become the lowest price provider of oil in their area. Also, to your point before about, you know, if you work with high-powered women in leadership roles, they're not going to be looking at the lowest tier people. 
because they they kind of have an understanding by virtue of just getting to that position in life that there is a value to expertise. And valuing expertise is something I want to talk about next because, as you can tell, I'm deeply entrenched in the world of imposter syndrome, <laughs> both personally and with clients. And I know that a lot of time we have that a lot of times we have that situation where it can be hard to identify remarkability because we're good at it, thus it seems easy, thus we don't value it as much. So how are we able to kind of get outside of our heads and really assess what does make us remarkable, not just in a way that we see as remarkable, but in a way that others will see? There's a lot to unpack there and a lot of good good questions to ask, because one thing is it can be difficult for many of us to even admit that we're remarkable, even in one small area, because it's not comfortable to us. I mean, it feels awkward if somebody says, are you remarkable? And you're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm remarkable. You know, that for many of us can be a challenge right there. I think uh, maybe some of the issue is that it's how we see ourselves. So again, some of that is going to be a mindset issue, but some of this is more going to be about maybe it's a, uh, a steps of moving up the ladder. So if you do ultimately want to serve that audience, first of all, you are going to have to create an air of, uh, of exclusivity or of high quality. So that's something that does come, you know, as you, you practice through it. But some of that, if you are looking to work with that particular audience, yes, they they're not looking for the cheapest option. I've had many experiences where somebody came to me and the price was so low, I worried about it. So I think those are some things that are just more about how do you position yourself to a specific audience that you want to go after. Um, but a lot of a lot of the things that you're asking about are just a matter of you overcoming it. And it may just be talking to your current clients and asking them, why did you choose me? Like, where were you when you chose me? And what was it that caused you to go with me? What is it that causes you to stay with me? They'll probably be much more uh, congratulatory about your skill set than you are yourself. You may say, oh, no, go on. I'm really not that good at this or I'm not that. But they may say, look, I've worked with like a dozen other people just like you. None of them deliver the content the way that you do. None of them deliver it as effectively as you do. None of them push back on me the way that you do. So those are some things. So maybe talk to some of the people who you're working with, who you have a good relationship not family or friends. I'm talking with real, honest-to-goodness paying clients and find out what they think makes you stand out, what they think makes you remarkable. And if you interview enough people and they start saying a lot of the same things, then you know this is something to pay attention to. And I know from talking to some of our clients who came to us, you know, I always ask, like, what, you know, why did you leave your current agency? And I started to hear the exact same things over and over again. Things like, they were hard to get in touch with. Uh, they never brought us any new ideas. We always had to bring ideas to them. Um, and uh, I really, there was no transparency in the pricing. I never knew where we stood. So those things became part of our core offerings. And, and we talk about this internally all the time. This is what we want to be known for. We want to be transparent on our pricing. We want to bring fresh ideas every single month. We want to be so reachable during business hours, like work-life balance. But these are the things that people tell us they care about. So let's focus on these sort of deliverables above and beyond making sure that, you know, they're getting a positive ROI on their SEO or Google ads or website. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, what if you're a little bit newer? You don't really have that data set of existing clients quite as much. Part of remarkability, part of standing out is that context of the existing fields that you're trying to stand out from. So what are some ways to really kind of get information as to the picture that you're fitting into to understand how you can stand out and to understand where the holes are in that market? That's an excellent question. And I would say some of this, depending on the type of business that you're doing and your geographic area, there may be groups online that are talking about competing brands. You may go to somebody's website or Facebook page and read through the comments and see what people are saying about that brand, what they like and what they don't like. And by doing that research, you may be able to find certain holes, certain opportunities. There are plenty of places online where groups of of your ideal customers are gathering. So I think some of this is just figuring that out. You know, I often will go to Reddit uh, for client work, you know, and find out what, what people are struggling with. And I remember talking to somebody who had a product for the caregivers, family caregivers, of people with memory loss. And they wanted to make this a very positive, a lot of the content on their website was super uplifting, super uh, positive, everything's great. And when I went to the Reddit group that was very similar, their ideal customers, the amount of agony and angst that people were going through because they didn't feel they were doing enough or it was too much and all this sort of stuff, they, those were real pain points. And so we came back and started talking a little bit more about those sort of things and how this particular solution helped with those issues. And that was a big win and we started to see better results. So if you don't have enough data for yourself because you don't you haven't been in business long enough start looking at places where either your ideal customers gather or go to your competitors websites facebook page social media feeds and see if you can glean any insights from those places very good sources now when you're in a situation where you're trying to present your own remarkability and when you're really taking a good look and an assessment of your own strengths that where you go from the assessment of your own strengths can go in two different directions. They're strengthening your strengths, leaning into your strengths and saying, I'm going to go really deep into this thing that I'm already awesome at. And then there's also the option of strengthening your weak points. And we've only got so much energy, of course, when it, when it comes to us as, as human beings and as organizations. So how do you recommend we view um, weaknesses essentially in the context of um, making sure that we are remarkable? Let them go. Hire people who can do that work. Honestly, there is, if you spend all your time working on your weaknesses and not increasing your strengths, 
you are going to fall right in the middle of mediocrity and no one's going to be interested. And that is the opposite of remarkability. Most remarkable companies have some sort of Achilles heel or many Achilles heels. Like that's just how it is. I'm not telling anybody listening now that you become remarkable and everybody will like you. The whole thing is you're going to become remarkable to your ideal customers. Like that's the goal right now. You really want to be the obvious choice for them. My, my dad is a well-known uh, clinical psychologist and he talks a lot about the topic of resilience and he talks about islands of competence and a lot of parents and a lot of teachers when they have a child who might not be good in math or English or what have you focus on improving that one skill almost ignoring the fact that this child is a great athlete or a great musician or a great artist or whatever it may be so in the in through the lens of remarkability don't worry about your weaknesses everybody has them you can't be perfect you know if you're really good on design but you're terrible on development or you're really good with big ideas but you're terrible on implementation and detail work that's okay find somebody to partner with find somebody you can hire outsource to five or whatever it is to take care of those things one thing i realized after only 20 years in business is that i am really bad at hr issues and number issues money issues right so i i, I don't do well with the day daily running of the business i now have a director of operations she more or less runs the business of the business. And then I'm free to come and talk about big ideas like remarkability with wonderful people like you, Christine. I'm there doing business development. I'm doing getting on stage, all the things I love doing and that I'm good at doing and not doing the things I'm weak at. So in a very long-winded answer, I would say worry less about your weaknesses, hire if they're absolutely critical like finances, and then really just put all of your energy into where you're already strong and just make those incredibly strong where you can be the best of the best and truly be remarkable. All right. Let's say you're focused. You have a realistic sense of what you're awesome at, at what is a value of who those who those skills are of value to. Um, you're not cocky about it. You're making sure you're continuing to develop those skills. You're on the right path. But if you build it, they will not necessarily come. So right. how can, what are some ways that you can make sure that your efforts towards getting your own remarkab remarkability recognized and getting to put it to use to the benefit of others, how can you make sure that you're able to make the, that connection there? Some of this um, comes down to the way that you communicate it and the channels you use. So obviously your website's going to be one of the most important things you do. The the fonts you use, the colors you use, the photos and videos you use, all should be there to reinforce what you're best at. Um, that's part of it. And in your conversation, your communication through email marketing, through social, all those things, all should be on point, all should be on brand. And if it turns out that you've got a specific vertical that you want to focus on because those are your people, uh, maybe it maybe it's the, the group of women in leadership, maybe it's the cannabis industry, maybe it's CPAs, it doesn't matter. But once you've honed in on that and you know that you're really, you know, the best marketer or the best designer, or the best brand or the best PR person, the best copywriter for an industry or an audience, the next step is just to find out where they hang out, where they hang out online and where they hang out these days in real life and make sure you get in front of those audiences. People love specialists. They love to think that information has been tied directly into them. So 
if you find your audience, and let's just go back to the um, women in leadership positions who hit the glass ceiling. You know, there's so much content you could be creating about that to market yourself as a thought leader or position yourself as a marketer for those people. You know, I'd be creating webinars. I'd be creating blog posts, videos, podcasts, all focusing in on the problems of that audience. At a certain point, people are going to take notice and be like, oh, Rich or Christine or whoever really understands my pain points, understands my problems. I love what they stand for. I love what they're doing out there. I need to be talking to them. And that's the whole goal is to be remarkable in a way that people start to come to you. They've heard that you're the best for lead gen or you're the best for e-commerce or whatever the case may be. And they start to seek you out or you become the go-to resource for marketing in a specific industry. And suddenly you're speaking at events, you're hosting podcasts, hoping, hosting webinars, or it's a very localized thing and you're putting on social media breakfasts or lunch and learns in your neighborhood, but you're bringing in all the kind of people that you should be working with. Now, this may be the trickiest one for you to answer, Rich. All right. Can you take us through your own journey towards discovering your own remarkability? I would not say that my journey is anywhere <laughs> over. And we did talk about the cobbler and having uh, new of shoes. Course. I would say, so some of the things that makes, you know, Flight New Media, my agency, remarkable. Um, and there's a bunch. And one of the things I talk about is if you do discover something remarkable about your business using these four lenses of find, focus, fortune, and uh, frame is don't stop. Keep on going. Layer them upon each other. That's how you really do these things. So I think a few of the biggest things that, make our agency stand out, especially in our local area of, of Southern Maine or New England, is the fact that um, we put on an annual conference here in Maine called the Agents of Change Conference. It's got very high barriers to competition. You know, anybody can create a Facebook uh, account. Anybody can run an ad campaign on Facebook. It's easily copied. But putting on a conference, three to 400 people in a place as unpopulated as Maine is kind of a big deal. So that's one thing. My competitors are never going to go head to head with me on that kind of conference. Also, since I have been speaking around the country for years and have met all of these amazing digital marketers who now will sometimes fly out to Maine on their own dime, present for free at my conference, um, those are all things that my competition can compete with. So that's another way. That's that's all part of the the lens of Forge, something that's extrinsic to your main offering. Uh, my ability to bring in the expert in Facebook ads or email marketing, not as part of my team, but just because I've networked with all these people, and I'll bring those people in to meet with one of my clients to help them out if I feel like we can't help them out any further. Um, these are all things that make our uh, agency different than other agencies in the area. So those are a few things. You know, our focus on lead gen is a big one too. We we have a marketing agency that's got an amazing creative director and, and we're doing a lot of design uh, forward marketing, not just, you know, managing people's ad spend. So these are some of the ways in which we have kind of developed our own remarkability as an agency. What about you though? Oh, me personally? Uh, I think it's just how damn charming I am, really. No. Um, I just think that I've always been good at explaining things to people in a way that they understand. Um, I will often take very complex issues or new ideas and be able to explain them to people in a way that makes sense to them. And because of that, I had the opportunity of um, becoming the tech guy 
It used to be called the Tech Guru, but I think that's no longer PC. So now they call me the Tech Guy on the NBC uh, affiliates here in Maine. So I go on, I talk about technical things, but I do it in such a way that anybody can understand. So that's one of the things that's helped me over the years. And my enjoyment of getting up on stage has separated me from a lot of other people in not so much the digital marketing arena, but in the agency arena. A lot of owners don't feel comfortable getting up on stage and speaking in front of an audience. Um, and just how connected I am to my local area is also a big plus as well. So these are some of the ways that I and again, talk about imposter syndrome. I don't even feel comfortable saying I'm remarkable on your show. Talking about <laughs> remarkability, I'm like literally overheating right now and blushing. So if you're at home listening, I feel your pain, but you got to get over that and you got to put yourself out there. And this is the way that you attract the right type of clients to your business, whether you're a solopreneur or whether you're working for somebody else or whether you have your own company like me. Even the rich Brooks blushes when talking about himself people so yeah, you know absolutely. it's not unique you just gotta push past it and you know your initial uh response about charm that's not entirely a joke because you mentioned earlier that one of the ways that you're a huge asset to your own agency is the fact that you're able to forge the connections that get you the ability to pull in the strongest people so i think that that's worth pointing out that absolutely personal characteristics are not something to be ignored. Those are absolutely something to value as professional skills as well. Absolutely. And I, we do most of our copywriting in house here at flight, but I do have a copywriter from outside who I bring into every project I can, because besides being a really good copywriter um, who offers her skills at a very, in my opinion, reasonable price, she also makes everybody she works with feel fantastic. Like even within the first few minutes of her entering the room, everybody feels better about themselves. It is like a superpower that she has. I know everybody throws around the, what's your superpower? This is like a superpower. It's unbelievable. Like everybody feels better after meeting with her. That's an incredible element of remarkability. Like that is something if you have, whether it's that aspect of your personality or another, if there's something about you that just draws people in, that's huge. And you should absolutely lean into that. Absolutely. Well, my goodness, I could talk about this all day with you, Rich. Thank you so much for being here. Um, it's where... been a pleasure. Thanks for making me blush. <laughs> where can and should people find you and what will they find there? If you're a big fan of podcasts, I recommend you check out the Agents of Change podcast. That's my weekly podcast all about digital marketing. And if you are interested in checking out our agency, we are at takeflight.com. That's F-L-Y-T-E. And finally, if you just want to connect with me, uh, ask me any questions or just say hello, I am The Rich Brooks on every single social platform. Probably easiest to get in touch with me through LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been a truly remarkable conversation. <laughs> Appreciate it, Christine. And thank you for being here, whether you're watching or listening. Thanks for showing up for Let's Talk About Brand. I'm going to be back at you next week interviewing another guest expert about another super important element of branding that you need to know about. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. 
And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. 